Alright guys, welcome to another very special episode of The Theory. Today we have a really interesting guest on the show, Tom Conwell. He is the author of the They Are Here series, Going Interstellar, and of course his most recent project, Earthquakes and UFOs. Um, He's put a lot of work into his research and findings, and I think you guys are going to love to hear from him. But as always, today's podcast is brought to you by CreepyTikiTee.com. And the Graveyard Goons YouTube channel, Creepy Tiki Tea, actually is a botanical company that can help you with all your ethnobotanical needs, natural remedies, herbs, kava, kratom, CBD. They even have body lotion and care products. So make sure you go check them out again, creepytikitea.com. And the Graveyard Goons is a YouTube channel that hosts a hilarious live prank show on YouTube and Facebook. So make sure you go check them out. But for now, let's go ahead and get into this episode with Tom Conwell. All right, guys, welcome to The Theory. Today we have Tom Conwell, author of Earthquakes and UFOs. They are here and a couple other titles. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing good, doing good. Yep. So um, I'm going to start off kind of slow. What got you into the subjects of, of UFOs and paranormal? I also see you're a, a paranormal investigator on top of the ufologist. What kind of got you into these subjects? Okay, well, um, um, I've always been interested in, in uh, science. I've been interested in the cosmos. My aunt was, a, uh, was the secretary for the Astronomical League of America when I was a little kid. Oh, wow. And I got I got an opportunity to go with her to conferences where you know you know lots of discussions and whatever else got to meet a lot of important people. Although at the time, hey, I was a teenager, you know, I didn't know anything, but uh, it was interesting, and I got an opportunity to learn a lot. Well, um, then I joined the Navy, and um, after after the Navy, I. Uh, I uh, started to work for Honeywell. I worked for them for uh, a total of uh, 37 years, and uh-huh. then um, um, and then it was time to retire. When I retired, um, I was looking for something to do, and I had always been interested in um, UFOs, but I was also um, at the same time interested in paranormal. So I joined a paranormal team. Got an opportunity to do an awful lot of paranormal investigations, and um, those were quite interesting. I saw some things that I never expected to see, I'll tell you. Um, it turned out pretty fruitful. Oh, boy. And then, um, and then I got into UFOs uh, with the same group, and um, that's when I started into writing. And okay. um, I guess that was a approximately 10 years ago okay so, yeah been i've been doing, doing that a while that, doing that ever since yep okay and then uh what what was the the first book title you came out with when you when you released your first book okay the first one was they are here and i had expected to do um a they are here version for east coast central u.s and western u.s okay. and um so i called uh they are here volume one Eastern uh, uh, East Coast UFOs. Okay, okay. And, and then um, um, I progressed on to um, uh, Volume Two, which was Central US. 
about halfway through that, um, um, let me back up a step here. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, as I was writing, I kept uh, – the way I looked at it, I, I, I kept being awakened early in the morning by – really by someone. It was like they were trying to get my attention. And um, for the longest time, I thought, well, geez, um, maybe I brought brought a spirit home with me or something, you know, um, until I realized that as I was being awakened, I was getting a flood of ideas about what to do with my book and how to better demonstrate the information that I was getting. Okay, so then we're going to jump right back into where I was. I started doing volume two and realized um, because somebody told me that I was leaving something on the table. Um, That was my um, UFO sighting map. And I thought that if I were to just stop writing, go back and fill in – uh, for volume one, which is the East Coast UFOs, and then um, starting with volume two as I was writing, it would be a better demo for what the points I was trying to get across. For sure, um, for sure. It, you know, it sort of made sense to me. So, so I jumped to volume three um, when that was done, and uh, finished the um, finished the map as I was finishing uh, volume three itself. And um, realized that I had a really comprehensive look at the United States, where the sightings happened to be, um, uh, where the concentrations were, and that I should also be writing about that. So I jumped back into Volume 1, edited it, and uploaded it again um, with the information that I found from the map. Okay. And I did the same thing with Volume 2 and Volume 3 and um, was able to include the information that the map was telling me for Volume 1, 2, and 3. And I found that to be the most interesting thing that I did um, for the first three books that I had written. And that's um, – is that kind of how you came – to the the earthquakes and UFO side of things, because I, I've seen these maps and I'm going to show them to everybody watching. Um, in these maps, you actually are collaborating. I mean, I can imagine it took some time to to get these maps together from going through Newfork to uh, to to get the sightings and the days, the states, and what was actually going on to increase the sightings and, and stuff like that. What um what was it like to have to go through and do all this research? Because I I got to give you credit. That's a a lot of footwork you did. What was it like to have to go through, and how much time did it take to to put these maps together? Okay, there's, there's several different things to talk about there. Um, the map, the U.S. map, uh, took me approximately um approximately four months of putting pins on the map. However, in order to get to that point, I had to go through the um, National UFO Reporting Center's database, alter that quite a bit, delete a bunch of 
um, a bunch of the sightings that were obviously somebody seeing a star in the sky or a meteor or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And there was a lot of those. Oh, I imagine. Uh, as, a, as a matter of fact, I had to read every single long report that was in the National UFO Reporting Center. And there's 75,000 sightings. Wow. Now, you add that in there, and um, that took an approximately an additional year. So we're already at a year and a half just to get a workable database that I could use for my maps and for the information. And um, um, then, of course, the writing was about uh, – Maybe for volume one, two, and three, uh, maybe an additional year on top of that. Wow. Yeah, so that's quite a bit of time that I spent in um, in uh, preparation, in uh, research, uh, deleting and adding uh, stuff for the database as appropriate, um, changing the kinds of things seen, uh, reported by people. Um, and some of those things were were uh, obviously in, in, incorrect. I'm going to give you an example. Um, if someone were to uh, were to see a triangle in the sky, um, they they may not have known that they could call it a triangle, but they may have thought, well. I'll just call it a light in the sky because I'm not absolutely sure. And then yeah. they go into long description and describe, and by long description, I mean anywhere from one paragraph to five pages. And uh, within the long description, they may actually describe a triangle, okay. but call it a light. So sure. that's when – I would go back into the database and alter what the people said they saw for the purposes of, of my report. And get so, the full description of it. Yeah. Makes and, sense. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so that so that it would make sense. The other thing I did was um, if you look on the National UFO Reporting Center, there's approximately um, 50 or so different things that people have seen in the sky. Okay. Fifty different types of things. It's totally different. Okay. Shapes, sizes, lights. All kinds of stuff. Okay. Um, and what I did was, um, because of how I wanted to create my reports, um, I wanted to look at everything that had occurred on this database from when they first started in the 1950s. Some cases the 1940s, uh, all the way up to the present, and okay. um, a graph whether those things were uh, changing um, uh, type-wise throughout the years. In other words, would would um, would the the flying saucer be more prevalent in the early years versus the present? And the only way I could do that is to get the same quantity of sightings that I would look at for each group and um, put that in a graph. And then I could compare apples with apples. Yeah. And it's not like three here versus 170 there. You can't make a comparison with that. So yeah. 
it, it was a lot of preparation, a lot of work. And uh, in all, it probably took me from beginning to end uh, uh, probably three years of wow. uh, research and writing. Wow. To do the first, that's the first three books. Man, that's, that is incredibly interesting. Um, so now I, I did notice that in a, in a previous interview you had done, you stuck to more, it seemed like three types of, of UFO sightings. And it was the sphere, fireball, and triangle. And I, I wanted to ask you about this. And like the, so the three types were on the U.S. map. Okay, okay. Um, that was it. Now, okay. now, with those sightings, have you ever experienced any one of those? Have you had a personal experience where you actually seen something? Yes. Yeah. Um, I saw fireballs in the sky, and there was uh, approximately nine of them, and um, they were – from my viewpoint, they were approximately maybe twenty percent larger than than my vision of the moon. Oh wow! So they're That's pretty big. big in the sky. Um, they look like balls of fire, just roiling, boiling fire. Okay, and from that uh, description, you figure, well, fire. You see smoke coming off. There was no smoke. It was just fire. It was just Fire, um, solid and condensed. Yeah, it. What what surprised me is when I was looking at it, is it. It didn't look real. It looked like a. Um, it looked like a projection. If you want to know the truth, like somebody is shining something out in the sky. Now, where these things came from that I was um, uh, looking at. Uh, had they used the technology of today, mm-hmm. the it would not have looked um, where it was in the sky. It would have projected on the bottom portion of the clouds. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah, because yep. that's the way that light makes sense. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, what I saw went about halfway between where the the projector would have been or would have had to be and the bottom section of the cloud. And it was right in the middle of it. Now, wow. how could, how could that happen? You know, even though it looked like a projection, uh, because it was so unreal, um, it just didn't make sense what I was seeing. You it didn't know? act like a projection. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. I later, uh, came to find out that in one of the reports uh, for the National UFO uh, Reporting Center, there was a long report that somebody said they saw a disc in the sky, a flying saucer, Mm -hmm. that turned into a fireball just when they were looking at it. So that occurred to me that maybe what I was seeing was – these flying saucers coming through that were being hidden under the shape of a fireball. When you okay. look at it, the color was absolutely beautiful. It was mesmerizing. But you can imagine that if 
a bunch of people were standing there looking up at flying saucers coming through, you'd have a whole different reaction. Panic. Panic. Yeah. Full panic. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I would not be surprised if they did what they did in order to make it more pleasant to look at. Well, I mean, if you imagine just when we look at planes in the night sky, when you see planes, you don't normally see the plane. You just see the lights of it. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense in a in a sense of a UFO. If it emitted enough light, that's all you would see is the light itself. Mm-hmm. I actually my uh, my experience that really got me into making these videos was here in Springfield, Oregon, back in 2019. I actually witnessed what was three fireballs in a triangle shape and they came flat across the sky like this and then it stopped and it turned upright and then it turned off like a light switch it it literally looked like somebody hit a light switch and all three of them turned off and i i recorded it for a second i was yelling for my roommates i was i was in full disbelief of what i was seeing and it's interesting because that sounds kind of similar um from the distance it was i couldn't necessarily it, it had the fireball appearance but i couldn't necessarily see the flicker of it or anything like that from the distance i was but it was it was i was in awe i didn't know i didn't know what i was looking at or anything like that so i i find that pretty interesting yeah uh, the other thing that i noticed about this um incidentally before i mention that is that uh, in each of my first three books um i had seen a ufo uh, probably within a day or so of when I was going to upload the thing as a finished product into uh, Amazon. Okay. So each one uh, was almost like a gift that I could write about. It, it was just weird how it happened. But um, uh, let's see, what was I going to say? I was going to talk about the uh, – the um, I forget. Sorry, <laughs> it's all right. That's, it's what, all right. that's what happens when you get old. <laughs> yes, no, no worries at all. So, um, real quick before I, I ask you more about the the earthquakes and UFOs, which is that's your most recent book, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so it it sounds like you're almost more on the the spiritual side of these kind of things. That almost in a sense they're they're interacting with us for a reason or letting us you know see them for a reason is there a specific belief you have or or, you know research you've done that might show that that is you know something that's happening that these things are somehow spiritually connected and want to be seen for a specific reason or anything Hmm. um i I never started out to write uh with anything spiritual i i just I, i never had that in my mind uh i'm a I'm a numbers guy, a database guy, and I think of things in terms of mathematics. Okay, so okay. I'm I'm just a just a science guy. Okay, um, okay. and about five years ago, right after I saw this uh, the uh, fireballs in the sky, um, that um, that was just about the time where I was um, doing. Um, uh, doing some paranormal investigations and I saw uh, several instances of spirits and things like that. It's just that all of, a, all of a sudden stuff started happening to me and I never ever expected it. Um, um, so when I got into writing 
about um, uh, they are here, volume one, two, and three. Uh, I never really mentioned the spiritual side. Okay. Um, I wrote my next book, um, uh, Going Interstellar, which is a series of blogs and uh, um, about what kind of problems we would have to solve if we were going to go interstellar. Okay. Okay. Um, and then came um, uh, earthquakes and UFOs, and I started writing about the uh, UFO databases, um, about the earthquake databases, and comparing the two and where there's overlaps, and trying to trying to prove pretty much that the UFOs were tracking where the major earthquakes were occurring. I was convinced. That correlation. I was I was convinced that was true. Okay. And the more data I put together, the more I realized it wasn't. Okay. Interesting. So I have probably a year into researching this thing, and I had I had nothing to write about. You know, what the heck did I have? So I went back and revisited the maps that I was creating which happened to be looking at all the UFO sightings for the several-day events around when the major earthquakes were occurring. Okay. Right? So let's say um, uh, a major earthquake would occur on um, um, May 6th. Okay? Now, what I would do is go two days before. So from May 4th and May 5th, I would do one color on a map. May okay. 6th, which was the day of, I'd do another color on the map. And the 7th and 8th, I'd do a third color on the map. So I have two days before, two days after, and the day of, and I try to correlate all that information. Okay. Um, I really thought I was going to find something. Um, I used the same colors on maps to do the same thing with with. Uh, large and small earthquakes to see okay. if maybe there was swarms of earthquakes that people were were starting to pay attention to. Okay. Um, two days before, day of, two days after, and found very little to correlate. I just uh, pretty much had nothing. Interesting. Okay. Well, so then I expanded it. To five days before, day of, plus five days after. And I did the same thing with the UFO sightings. Mm -hmm. So I had all these maps. And um, thankfully, I did it that way. It didn't do just the five before and the five after. Because I never would have found this this uh, correlation that I found. But okay. with, with the two days before and the two days after, I had them laid out on a very long table in my kitchen. And... Um, as I would, um, I'll go in and get a glass of, glass of uh, Pepsi or something. Um, I'd stand at the maps and look and see if I could find any any correlation, anything that stuck out at me to write yeah. about. Um, and I was like pretty shot. I just I had nothing. So um, I was standing there one time, and my dog barked to go outside. So um, I took her outside and uh, opened the door for her 
and waited for her, and, and then she was about to come back in. I opened the door, and when I walked back to where the maps were, I came up upon the maps and stood not where you'd normally look at a map with the west on this side and the east on this side, and you're standing there from the south looking north, okay? Okay. That's, well, that's how I was looking at the maps. What I did was I stand, I stood um, lengthwise where these maps were sitting out. I was standing on pretty much the west coast looking across all of the maps that I had created to the east coast. Okay. It's the only time I did it. And what I noticed was a whole bunch, and I do mean a whole bunch, virtually every map had a straight line of sightings on it. Interesting. Where did that come from? You know, I mean, I I couldn't I couldn't come up with any correlation. So um, I um, uh, put the maps away and figured uh, it's going to have to come up with something here. Okay. Yeah. So put them away in a a, a drawer, and um, I thought I'd think about it for. A week or so. I ended up thinking about it for a month. And then I brought all the maps out and laid them out on the floor in a straight line. Um, this is if when I saw the maps the first time, I saw the straight lines. So I laid them out like that, and I, I sat there looking at them. And uh, I was watching TV, and I glanced back at the map, looking at the straight lines, trying to ask myself, what would cause this? Now, I had to consider everything. First of all, if these UFOs are coming from a, a different planet, um, I, I know the majority of them have been here for lots of lots of years, and that they know our planet inside out. They have supercomputers. They've already been back and forth uh, mapping the planet. So if they want to see something, they just call up on one of their computers. They Makes wouldn't sense. need to go look again, you know, or look constantly or look yeah. every month. It just wouldn't make sense. They would have so, the data. Yeah. Why are they continuously doing this? What is changing? And that was the key question I asked to myself. What's changing that finds it necessary to keep looking at these areas over and over and over again? So I made a long list of all the things that could be changing. You know, like, well, the rivers aren't changing. Um, the, uh, we're using the same uh, power generation that we did uh, uh, 10 years ago. Um, sure. The cities are in the same place. The roads aren't changing. You know, what what is going – certainly the minerals underground aren't changing. You know, what the heck is changing? So, and the only thing I could come up with is the only thing that's changing is us. As We're the only thing changing. Okay. Um, and um, by that, I mean, um, let me jump back five years now. Oh, remember I told you the story about um, uh, starting to see ghosts and seeing UFOs in the sky and all kinds of stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Well. I came to realize that this was the first step in my journey of awakening. Okay. I was starting to realize that that uh, I was seeing the spiritual and 
being um, the uh, first one uh, to tell me that that's what I was seeing. You know, I didn't know what I was seeing. It, it's the only thing that made sense to me. So yeah. what what I was seeing, I was seeing my own awakening. I was realizing that these things were were going back and forth over the same area because we were changing so drastically. We were awakening as a planet. People were changing continuously. Now, how did how did I realize that? Well, um, several different reasons. Um, when I be- first became a ufologist, uh, ufologist, I had an opportunity to uh, interview approximately 35 people who claimed that they had been abducted. Okay. And I heard some pretty interesting stories, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Um, And um, from hearing their stories, I realized that what people were um, were being – abducted for is that the UFOs were flying over and being able to tell who was psychic and who wasn't. And those were the people they were taking. Wow. Yeah. Um, so if that's true, then um, and, um, I had heard stories that there were very um, a psychic um, – uh, civilization. If that's true, then why shouldn't I believe that they're able to fly over and see how the planet is changing, how the people are changing? It yeah, would make if sense. If they're aware of the consciousness, then sure. or, you know the human consciousness, then I feel like they would. They've got more information than we've got for sure. Absolutely. So um, I put all of these pieces together. And realized that they're flying back and forth over these same areas, and we're seeing them in straight lines because that's how they're reported. But under no circumstances did I ever um, show on a UFO map or anything else a small sample of time, like two days before, two days after, a total of five days. I never had it. I never did it before. But when I did… Straight lines all across the map. And I just found that to be really, really fascinating. So they are watching us for how we're changing. And I also believe that what they're doing is they're able to determine at what point we are in our advancement, our awakening, um, so as – they can introduce other things that they've been planning, perhaps even announce their existence to us. For disclosure, I was going to ask you about that. If uh, what what are your takes on disclosure? Do you believe that the UFOs? I guess you would basically call them aliens. Um, I I like to stick to the term UFOs because we don't have that that being down here that's talked to us yet that we can call an alien. But do you believe that they have they they know that disclosure is coming and that's part of the reason why they're coming around so much more because they're giving these select people or select routes that that, hey, we're here just so you guys know um, we know something's coming. Do you believe that disclosure could happen soon? Okay, Um, I've made a lot of comments on Facebook um, 
concerning UFOs being real and um, uh, the disclosures coming. Now, uh, there's several kinds of disclosure. Small d disclosure um, is when we'll find out that um, there are ships visiting us from other planets. There are most likely vehicles from other dimensions. There are most likely vehicles from our future who are coming back to see the point at which we are awakened, and that interests them greatly. Um, so, uh, and that will be announced to us in, I'm hoping this summer, but okay. sometime, sometime soon, okay? Okay. Um, now, that's small d disclosure. Okay. Then there's a capital D disclosure where um, the government will tell us that they have known for years, but um, they're still struggling to find out who these people are, that um, um, they know that uh, uh, or at least they've been told that they are here for our benefit and not to take us over. That um, that um, they are aware of interdimensional beings and the fact that um, these interdimensional beings are uh, are here uh, because when the UFOs arrived initially, they created a wake, so to speak, of. Um, of uh, energy that that hit them while these um, these ships were were uh, moving uh, across the uh, uh, across the cosmos, and these wakes were created when wormholes were opened and wormholes were closed, and that created uh, uh, a real uh, mix-up in the interdimensional world and allowed ghosts to come forward. Um, so. You know, there's, there's, there's that kind of disclosure. Then there's a whole all capitals disclosure where okay. they realize that, um, uh, they're going to have to tell us everything. Yeah. And, um, that they are aware that they have been working with, um, these extraterrestrial civilizations that they have allowed, um, uh, the, uh, extraterrestrials to abduct our people in exchange for technology that we made uh, uh, pacts with them that uh, there's a whole lot of stuff going on that they're aware of that we've given up just so that we can get access to some of their technology so the, that's the big disclosure that's okay. the one that will never happen ever 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 yeah we're not getting okay. that they're not going to tell us they duped us if if they told us that, then they're going to have to admit that we could have had free energy all along, that yep. we didn't have to bombard our planet with the crap we're pumping into the air, Very that um, that uh, we they wouldn't have had to steal money f uh, from the uh, oil industry uh, so that they could uh, – uh, do their black projects, and uh, you know th that's the part 
they're never ever going to say. They're it's never, interesting ever, ever because say. that's that's one of the parts that most people you know talk about when when you talk about disclosure yeah. and stuff is is that government side of things. And I've heard you know I've heard the references of like the Eisenhower deal. Um, and a lot of stuff regarding the government actually working with these these beings and stuff like that. And I believe it's definitely a huge possibility, but I, I agree that that's not something they would want to come out and tell everybody, hey, just so you know, we, we let these abductions happen. We did this. Uh, but um, I, I don't know if you saw recently the uh, the fourth uh, Navy video that came out. It's a it's like off a night vision camera and it's a it's a triangle coming through the sky. And people are saying that this is uh, when you mentioned possibly this summer for disclosure, people are saying this might be the the lead on to it, because now we have four confirmed Pentagon videos of these completely non-human crafts. And they're going to have to tell us something soon. They can't uh, keep it in the yes. dark. You're absolutely correct. They're going to have to come up with something. And that's why I think it's building up to that. But it's going to build up to the first disclosure where they, they say, yeah, we have something here. We just don't know who they are yet. Which yeah. Is totally We're going to get yes. the drip down. We're going yeah. to get the drip down. Yeah. It makes sense. I'll, I'll take that for now. I'd, I'd prefer the, the all caps disclosure, but uh, me I'll, too. Take yeah. the, I'll take the drip feed for now for some, some confirmation. Um, so I got to ask, um, what kind of, um, during during all your research, what kind of uh, stuff you attended conferences, spoke at a lot of conferences and stuff like that? What was what was that like, and what kind of conferences have you speak at, spoken at before? Okay, well, um, um, I, I keep getting asked by paranormal conferences because I can talk about both subjects. Okay. Um, and I've been trying to get into the just the straight UFO conferences. That's kind of a closed society. You have to know somebody there. And I've spoken in Phoenix and Las Vegas and New York City, you know, a couple of them around. I'm not on the full circuit yet. I uh, wish okay. I were, but I'm not. Um, and uh, I think I have to come up with a little bit. A little bit more interesting stuff to say, okay. uh, maybe even go out on a limb and uh, 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 make up a couple things, you know. Then yeah. you get noticed, you know. I'm, you I'm a not good that presentation. Type. That's easy yeah. to see. I, I see you're more of a, a scientific method guy. You like crunching numbers, getting the data together, which I respect because that uh, I have ADD, man, and the amount of stuff you listed that you did for your research. I wouldn't have been able to handle it. I would have got lost after two or three pin dots. I wouldn't have known what I was doing with myself. Yeah. So that um, amount of research you have, to me, that would be one of the most interesting presentations you could possibly show somebody at, you know, say a UFO conference or festival. I would love to see something like that. Yeah, it, it, I, I thought it would be the most interesting thing of all. It's not, it's, it's the people that can tell riveting stories. Okay. Yeah, they do. I well, I I agree. People do like listening to that. That's yeah. that's for sure. I had a I had a couple people on the show before <laughs> Jim Penniston, Tom Reed, and and people do like hearing that that personal encounter story over sometimes straight raw data and and information. Sometimes it's hard to for people to understand some of that stuff. Yep. Yep. Um. Um. I just I'm I'm not that kind of person. You know. Uh. My stuff is um, hard and fast numbers. Be happy to discuss the numbers with you and discuss the trends of the numbers and um, 
show what I've done with maps and um, – because uh, I've read a lot into maps and found areas across the country where there's more pins, um, which translates to more sightings than there is population. And um, so, yeah, so that's that makes it really, really interesting um, when you can draw a, uh, draw a list of things like that. But people don't want to hear that kind of stuff. They really don't. They would rather someone go out on a limb and tell you something that's almost to the point of being not believable. Yeah, exaggerated or yeah, that is true. I mean, that's that's that Hollywood mindset we have nowadays in, in yep. humanity. People want to hear that story. That's for sure. Um, so real quick, if you could tell anybody who who's about to read your book, the most recent one, or any of your books. What would you tell them before before they go and pick it up? What what would you summarize some of your books? I guess we'll start with UFOs and earthquakes or earthquakes and UFOs, excuse me. Um, what would you tell them before they read that book? Um, um be prepared for a wild ride. <laughs> um, um don't think that uh you're going to have all this data that you're going to be able to quote and um, come up with reasons why uh, earthquakes and UFOs are uh, oftentimes coincidental because okay. you're going to be really disappointed. However, what, what you will uh, be able to do is to go through um, and see how difficult – a subject matter like this is and why it was so tough to put a book like this together. Okay. Um, yeah, th th this, this was a tough one. This was really rough for me. Um, it took me almost two years to write this book. Wow. Oh, not because of all the maps. The maps took about nine months, I guess, but, um, trying to come up with why the maps were showing me what they were showing me. That was the difficult part. That was very, very tough. I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, I love it, man. It's it's extremely extremely interesting to me. Uh, do you do you have any future projects? Do you plan on writing another book in the future, or, or have any upcoming projects you're working on? Okay. Well, right now I'm working on a book um, that was. Um, born out of the uh, discussions that I had with people who were abducted. Oh, okay. I asked a bunch of questions um, to uh, the people that told me their stories of abduction. Um, but among those questions that I asked, one of them was consistent from uh, the beginning to the end. And that question was, did they give you a message? To bring back to us. In other words, okay. they let people go, but it didn't make sense. It wasn't logical to me that they would just let people go and try to hide everything. They would come back with something. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, that was the thrust of my question. And um, on about a third of the people, they remembered that they were told to – uh, to uh, tell a story 
um, they were all told the same thing. The 10 out of the 35 or so people that I interviewed, they all came back with the same story. Wow. Yeah, uh, that surprised me. Um, and that was Take Care of Your Planet. Okay. That's the, that's the title? That's going to be the title? I'm thinking that only because that was their words. Okay, okay. I like um, it. And um, what I want to do is talk about um, what we're doing as far as the earth warming and um, why it's real. Um, looking at all of the data for um, for – the uh, weather services and all this other stuff that's occurred. Um, there was some uh, some uh, commentary that I did on Facebook early on. I asked people, tell me your honest opinion. Uh, do you think that global warming is real? I believe in that 100%. Well, I, I got probably 40 different answers. Different wow. answers. Not not two different answers, you know, like yes and no. No, forty different answers and all the the, the, the things uh, 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 between them. Yeah. So I realized that when I did that, um, I'm going to have a really big issue here. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to answer all these questions in a book. Okay. Um, I started uh, going through my research. And uh, I worked through about nine or ten different books that I had found um, in uh, libraries and online. And um, um, I came up with a whole lot of different directions that I could go. If I go in the direction of of um, what we're doing with our planet, I'm almost going to have to say things like uh, – um, well, there's too many people to feed. There's um, um, uh, there's uh, uh, areas where we have um, large amounts of drought now. Um, how are we going to improve the the output of the areas that we can farm? Um, what about the water availability in the world? What you know? And when I I also wrote a three-page outline for all I'm going to have to put in this book. Oh, wow. Um, that's when I, I re- when I realized what I, what I had, um, it, it was just – it was too big. I couldn't put yeah. it in a book. So right now I'm in the process of saying, you know, I'm, all, I'm only going to have to be able to write something – that won't be so voluminous that people will put it down and say, oh, this is killing me, you know? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. have to keep it short. And yeah. when I do, I'm going to have to not write about all those other subjects I talk about. I'm just going to have to write about what we're pumping into the air that's causing the earth to warm. Uh, so uh, right at this point, I'm in the process of, of – um, Breaking it down into something small so that I can create a book that's probably going to be a hundred pages long. Okay, something easy somebody can pick up and read in a night or two, and and, yeah. and actually retain the information and stuff. Yeah. Understandable. 
I'm a firm believer in climate change. That's uh, we we do some scary things on this planet. And I, I like that you tied in the message from, you know, a lot of these people that say they've been abducted or, or had this close encounter that are saying, you know, they're good. We need to take care of the planet. I already believe any UFOs or beings that are outside of us are good because if they wanted to take us over, they would have done it long before we had nuclear missiles or anything like that. So I'm already a firm believer in that. And then to tie that into, hey, you guys need to, you know, stop messing up your planet. You're you're doing a lot of rough stuff up there. I I could I could relate to that and see that. I could see, you know, that's that does seem like something that could be a possibility. And it is that climate change is real. We do got to be careful. There's a there's a lot of drastic things that could happen if one thing goes wrong. If we get a water shortage. Uh, a food shortage like you were talking about a lot of different stuff is a chain reaction to that kind of thing and that could cause a a serious problem for humanity if it goes wrong you bet you bet um um one may actually cure the other in other words if we if if the earth got so hot that we can't grow food anymore we're going to have a die-off of probably about 70 percent of our population yeah which will solve the problem for how are we going to feed everybody and overpopulation of the world. And um, then we'll have enough resources to to uh, survive. Um, we'll have enough water to live on. And maybe that's where it's going. So I don't, it's a scary thought, but I, I can I see it. I, I don't want to get into that kind of a, of a uh, scenario. But I do have to address the fact that the um, that the Earth is getting screwed up, and that uh, I have to get all of the information around carbon dioxide, uh, methane, and the stuff that we're pumping into the air. How that's affecting us, how that's affecting the Earth, and how we can undo it, and keep it to that. Um, yeah. If I can you do seem that, like the kind of guy that can do that pretty good with the with your previous maps and stuff, I I could see you putting together something pretty interesting. Maybe maybe um, I can uh, uh, draw attention to that aspect that they were asking us to draw our attention to. So I love it, man. We'll see. We'll see. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, uh, before we finish up, I want to ask you if you could if you could tell the viewers watching. Any advice, whether it be ufology, uh, climate change, if you could tell the viewers watching interested in this kind of subject, what kind of advice would you give them? Wow. Um, okay. First of all, UFOs are real. They are here visiting us for a particular reason. I don't have the exact reason yet, but they're here for a reason. Um you mentioned the one comment before. If they were here to take us over, to attack us, they would have – it would have been um, just close to our ramp up uh, to building a nuclear weapon because they don't want us to get in a lucky shot, okay? Yeah. It would have been before that. Um, so uh, they're here for our good um, and that we have to look at that for our good um, to – Think of ourselves as part of the universe and to adopt and listen to what they are trying to tell us and to adopt um, a teachings around what they're trying to tell us. Um, 
that if that is going spiritual, then it's going spiritual. If it's going religious, it's going religious. Um, we have to listen. Uh, now we're in the mode to listen and not dictate because we have higher intelligence coming to us with a message. I love it, man. That's great words, great words. Well, Tom, I got to thank you for coming on the show. Um, all your book links will be in the description, so make sure you guys check them out. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. It was a lot of fun. Hope we can do it again.